You're listening to The Royally Made, a different kind of podcast helping you grow in power, purpose, and grace. Let's see what it really means to be a royal daughter. Hello, and welcome back to another spooky episode of The Royally Made Podcast. I'm so glad that you joined me today. Today in this episode, I want to talk about how to survive your past relationships and whether you're in the dating game right now, or maybe you're newly married and you're having difficulty getting past your relationships or maybe past your new husband's relationships, because that can be a problem too. Whatever it is, I want to share kind of a different perspective with you that I think will help when it comes to handling these parts of our past. When it comes to our past relationships, a lot of times they can leave us really broken and fragile or leave us with ideas of who we are as a person that just simply aren't true. And they don't have to be terrible relationships either. I had some relationships that weren't the greatest, but I really didn't have any that were super bad. I know a lot of women go through a lot worse in their life, but it's amazing how these things kind of come up in your heart that you didn't even realize were there. I didn't realize I had a lot of issues with some of my past relationships until I actually got married to Jeff. And then I've heard marriage explained like a furnace. And when you put metals into a furnace, they may look okay at first, but when they melt, all of the impurities come to the surface. And then you usually take a ladle and you scoop them out and now you have pure gold or pure silver or whatever it is that you have. And I've heard it explained how that's marriage. You know, you, you put two different metals into the furnace of marriage and all of a sudden all these impurities come to the surface and you start thinking, what the heck? I didn't know I had that. And God's saying, no, I knew you had that. You just didn't realize that that was in you. Now it's come to the surface. Give it to me and I'll take it from you. And that's really the process of marriage. But one of those impurities that can come to the surface really at any time in our life, but especially when we first get married, is past relationships and the insecurities and lies that we've believed about ourselves because of them. And I want to compare past relationships to something very Halloween-esque, since this is the week of Halloween, but I want to explain them in the context of zombies. Now, I hate zombies. I really do. They're probably one of the things that I really don't enjoy watching (laughs) because I just really don't like them. But the more I started looking into it, the more I realized that this is actually the perfect comparison to our past relationships. And so what I want to do is I want to read you the definition of what a zombie is. And tell me if this doesn't sound a little familiar. So according to dictionary.com, a zombie is an undead creature with a reanimated human body, typically depicted in science fiction or horror stories as contagious to the living by bite and vulnerable only to serious head trauma. What I love about this comparison is that our past relationships are just that. They're in the past, right? And they should be. They're not real anymore. In the sen- in a sense, they're dead, right? They're dead things that are no longer alive. If you're not in a relationship with someone, it's safe to say that that relationship is dead. It's not existent. It's not alive. And yet what happens is the enemy doesn't care about that relationship, but he cares about you being crippled by it. And so what he'll do is just like what it says about zombies is he'll reanimate that past relationship in the form of a zombie and use it to mess with your mind. 
use it to attack your mind. It's not real because that relationship is no longer real, but he wants to use it to cripple you. Their bite is lethal to humans, and yet that's the same way that the enemy uses our past relationships against us is he'll bite at us with thoughts. So this past relationship zombie of a past relationship, right? You can name it whatever guy you dated. Their bite is similar to a thought of, oh, you weren't good enough. Oh, see, he left you. Every guy will leave you, right? Or you chased him away. Or see, you quit the relationship. You're a quitter and you're never going to commit to anything and you just hurt people. He attacks you with these thoughts and those things, if left unchecked, if left undealt with, can cause serious damage to your heart and to your soul and to your future and current relationships, to say the least. And so what we need to do is, how do you kill a zombie? You have to attack their head, right? They have to die from their head. And so what you do is you tack the source of that thought. You have to get it at its source. You can't go, oh, well, I'll just be more confident. Oh, well, that won't be a problem when I get married. Trust me, that one doesn't work. Oh, you know, that's not going to be me. I've outgrown that. You know, those aren't attacking the problem. Those aren't attacking the root of that thought. You need to go to you need to go to God and say, God, I've believed these lies about myself. How do I take care of it? Because if you don't get to the root of the problem, then it's always going to be something that haunts you. And so we need to get to the source of why we believe the way we do because of our past relationships. Because a lot of it doesn't even have to do with the guy, because like we said, it's over. But what we've believed about ourselves because of that relationship is what is killing us and it's what's killing our future relationships. Or if you're married, it's hurting your marriage and it's going to keep hurting it until you decide you're going to deal with it once and for all. So another definition that I loved is zombie used as an adjective. And this is what it says. Of or relating to something that was declared, concluded, finished, or dead, but surprisingly continues to linger or comes back in a different version. I love this so much because our past relationships were declared concluded, declared dead, declared finished. That is over. And yet it tends to linger, right? The the thoughts and the lies we've believed about ourselves, the hold that that person had on us, maybe they were manipulative, maybe they made us feel bad about ourselves. Whatever it is, those the relationship may be over, but the thoughts and the lies and the feelings that came with it tend to linger along with it. And it says it comes in different versions. So you may be hurting from a past relationship, but it's manifesting in other areas of your life. And like I said, if we don't attack it at the root, if we don't get to the source of why these past relationships are hurting us, then we're never going to be free of the the trauma that they're causing in our life. And the truth is you can be free because too often we think, well, you don't know what this person did to me. Well, no, if you're saying that, then you don't know what Jesus came and did for you. The stripes on his back, the flesh they tore off his body, the nails that went through his hands, his descent into the pits of hell, those are not fairy tale stories. Those happened. And all of that that he took on his body for you 
was more than enough to pay for your freedom. You don't have to live in bondage to anything that happened to you because Jesus loved you so much. He gave you the ability to live above it. He gave you the ability to to not have those things keep their clutches on your heart any longer. But we have to realize what's going on here. And that's why I love this this zombie illustration is because I hate zombies, but I love it because it's showing us that it's not the past relationship so much as it is the devil and his minions using this past relationship against you. And as long as it has a hold on you, then he'll continue to use it. But we can break free from that. And that's what I want to share with you. It says in Ephesians 6, 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. Our fight is not with people. Our fight is going on in our mind right now and what we allow to have a hold over us. And we aren't going to overcome these battles until we understand where the battle is taking place. And that is in our mind. And so what I want to do is share four things with you that is going to help you learn how to survive your past relationships, but also his past relationships. Because like I said, sometimes it's not your past that is bothering you. It's someone else's past. And so whatever it is you're going through, these four things should help you at least get started on the road of overcoming those pesky past relationships. First thing that you need to do is you need to break any vows that you made with yourself because of what happened. So I know for me, I didn't realize I was doing this, but when I thought back on some of my past relationships, I realized that I kind of became whatever person I thought that guy wanted me to be. So depending on who I was dating, I would kind of take on a personality or take on a persona that I thought that he wanted. So I wasn't necessarily being myself at all times. I didn't think my opinions mattered. I didn't think my thoughts mattered. I didn't think what I wanted mattered as far as what I wanted out of life or what I wanted to do for dinner. I, I didn't think any of that mattered. I always left it up to him. I I kind of hid my personality and hid my heart because my focus wasn't on, is this relationship right? My focus was, how can I make sure I don't mess this up and I keep this guy, right? I don't even know why that was my focus because why would you want to end up with the wrong guy? But Sometimes when you're not really pursuing God and you're not really listening to what he's saying about a guy, it's really easy to start letting these things kind of control you. And so when that when I would do that, I got broken up with almost every single time. <laughs> I think I only broke up with a guy like one time. Every other time, every other relationship I had, I was always dumped. And what I didn't realize was what was happening is I was telling myself or learning, you could say, from this situation that, see, you messed it up. You always mess it up. There's something about you that eventually every guy decides 
they don't really want. Maybe you're fun to hang out with for a while, but you're not the kind of girl that guys want to settle down with and commit to. And I didn't realize it at the time, but these were lies that I was believing about myself because of what I had experienced. And so when it came to Jeff and my current husband, when we started dating, it was really hard for me to start opening up to him. It was really hard for me to start trusting him because I was afraid, no, the second I do that, you're going to decide once again that I'm not the person you want and you don't really want to be with me. And so I had to kind of come to a place where I started breaking those vows and maybe you need to as well break those vows that you made with yourself that you're never going to trust another guy that you're never going to open up your heart that you need to be be quiet and submissive and you need to not ruffle too many feathers that you need to change who you are for someone that you need to accept things that you know are wrong in order to keep a guy you don't need to settle for less you don't need to settle for sin let me tell you if a guy is not willing to wait for you now He's not going to be willing to fight for you later. And so these are things that you need to have a confidence in because if you don't, then it's going to be really easy to falter and then it just causes more brokenness in your heart. God doesn't put these things in place because he doesn't want you to have fun. He's trying to protect you and protect your heart because he loves you more than you even do sometimes. And he's got someone who is going to be willing to wait for you and someone who's going to be willing to fight for you. But if you have these vows made from these past relationships, then it's going to cripple you to the point where you do conform and you do falter and you do allow things that you really shouldn't. And so the first thing that we need to do is break those vows that we've made over our and go to God and say, God, I'm sorry that I made vows outside of you. Here's my heart. You protect it. You show me what a healthy relationship is supposed to look like. And you show me who I am in Christ because that is the only thing that is going to give you confidence to walk into a healthy relationship. The second thing is very similar, but it is also really important. And that is you need to release the mistakes of your past. You know, a lot of times we make vows with ourselves, but we also make those vows because we feel ashamed. We feel like we made too many mistakes. We don't deserve this, right? We don't deserve to marry a virgin because we slept with so many guys, right? We don't deserve to be with someone who's committed to us because no one's been able to commit to me because I'm so terrible. There's something unlovable about me. And what happens is these vows turn into shame and condemnation that we feel over our past mistakes. When, like I said, Jesus has already forgiven you. He's already provided a way for these things to not have any kind of hold on you, but you can let them right? You can let them have a hold over you. If you think that you deserve to be punished for what you've done in the past, then you're the one who's holding yourself back from the blessings of God, not the other way around. And so when you release those vows that you've made over yourself, you need to go back and go, why did I make those vows? What was I feeling so ashamed of, right? Because a lot of times when we're trying to be in a healthy relationship with a guy or with our husband, a lot of times the insecurities, and I know for me, a lot of the insecurities that can kind of come up in your marriage are because of things you haven't forgiven yourself for yet in the past. And it doesn't just have to be, you know, I slept with someone. It could be, you know, I, I've i never had a good relationship. My parents didn't have a good relationship. I come from a bad family. You know, it could be anything, but no matter what it is, 
it doesn't disqualify you from the blessings of God. So if you are struggling with any of your past relationships, you need to ask yourself, what am I holding against myself? What about what I did bothers me? And then you need to bring it to God. And you know, this also applies to your husband because a lot of times we project our own insecurities onto him and his past relationships. You know, I dated quite a few guys before I dated Jeff and Jeff dated a few girls before me and his past relationships really weren't that dramatic. (laughs) But it's amazing how you don't need a logical reason to be insecure, right? And you don't need a logical reason to be fearful, What's important is you not only release yourself from the mistakes of your past, but you also release him from the mistakes of his past. Because if the enemy can use either of those things to bother you, to get you feeling condemned, to get you feeling insecure, to get you feeling worthless, then he will. But if you don't let those things bother you and you go, you know what, Jesus has already paid for that. It doesn't matter. We're committed to each other. Thank God, that you saved us from those paths that we were going down and you brought us together. Thank you, Jesus. When you approach it that way, none of these things can bother you. And then you can move forward in strength regardless of what happened in your past. The third piece of encouragement I have for you is to build a history with God. Because a lot of times our past relationships or our current relationship can bother us because we're putting way too much stock in our identity as a wife or identity as a girlfriend or identity as someone who a guy wants, right? Too often as women, especially, we get our sense of worth and value from how many guys like us or from how our marriage is doing. And while having a healthy marriage is really important, it's not ever going to be healthy if your identity is coming from that marriage because you're married to an imperfect person, <laughs> right? I don't know if you know that yet, but pretty soon you're going to find out that you're married to an imperfect person or you're going to marry someone who's very imperfect. And if your identity is wrapped up in how they treat you or how healthy that relationship is, it's going to be a very rocky road for you. But when you're someone who builds a relationship with God and builds a history with God, then when difficulties come, you don't have to fall apart like like everything is destroyed, but you can stand in strength and fight for your marriage, fight for your relationships, fight against the condemnation and the thoughts that are coming your way from your past and come at it from a place of strength. And what you need to do is build a history with God. I'm so grateful that before I got married, I did a lot of traveling. I moved to St. Petersburg, Russia for six months and just lived there and helped out a a Bible college there um, that I knew who were the people who were running it. And while I was there, I realized I felt very alone. I was in a country where no one spoke English. I was trying to make new friends. I didn't really have a lot of people that I knew. It was the most time I've ever spent alone. And while I am an introvert, (laughs) so a lot of it was great, it really stretched me a lot to experience that in that way. And what happened though is me and God got so close. I really became really close to God because he was one of the only people that I had to talk to. And now that I have a relationship with Jeff, we've been through a lot of rocky roads, but whenever things are difficult in my marriage, I don't fall apart so easily easily anymore because 
My identity doesn't come from how Jeff sees me or how, how happy my marriage is at the point at, at that moment. My identity comes from God and I can always go to him with my problems. I can go to him with my struggles. I can spend time with him and it fills me up. And I can think, God, I remember when you and I were in Russia together. That was so fun. I remember when you, you brought me here and you brought me there and you did this in my life and you did this in my life. And that's why it's important to journal. I really suggest that you start a journal and start writing down the things that God has done in your life and the adventures you've been on together, the blessings he's given you, the breakthroughs he's given you, the revelations he's given you, and start building a history with God. And when you build a strong history with God, when things get difficult, when things get confusing, when you start to feel condemned about your past relationships, then you have something strong to fall back on that nobody and nothing can take away from you. And the fourth and final piece of encouragement that I have for you with surviving your past relationships is to get a vision for your life or your marriage, whatever season you're in. I really like this example that someone gave one time and that it's when you're at Disney World, which we personally spend a lot of time at, they have a lot of parades. And when you think about being a little kid at one of these parades, first of all, I'm sure that's amazing. I never got to go as a kid. But these kids are really short. And when you're standing on the sidewalk and there's adults in front of you and you're trying to see the parade, it can be really frustrating. You're getting glimpses of what's going on, but you're not really getting the full experience or the full picture. So maybe you see the bottom of the float and you see see the wheels going by and bits and pieces of the decoration and you can kind of tell maybe what princesses are on it. Maybe you see some of the dancers, but you see their shoes and you see pieces of their costume dragging along the floor. Maybe you can see confetti falling on the floor and you wonder what it looks like up top. You can see bits and pieces, but you can't see the whole thing. And too many of us are looking at our life through the lens of those little kids by looking at our past relationships. And we're going, why did that happen to me? Why is this so hard? And we're trying to live our our life and our marriage and our future based on such a limited perspective of where we are now or through our past mistakes or our past relationships. But what happens when that little kid When their dad comes, picks them up and puts them up on their shoulders and now they see above everyone's head. They see the whole parade. They see the beginning. They see the end. They see the the, the music, the confetti, the princesses, the princes, the floats and all of their form, the dancers and all of their choreography and now it makes sense. Now it looks beautiful. And that's what happens when you get vision for your life. You're saying, God, I have a limited perspective right now. I need you to give me your perspective. And what he'll do is he'll pick you up and put you on his shoulders and go, take a look at this. And he will show you and begin to paint a picture in your heart of what your life can look like, of what your legacy can look like, of what your purpose can look like on this earth, how he sees you. And it does not mean that he planned any of those negative things because he did not. This earth is fallen. This world is fallen. And there are lots of people who choose to do really bad things. And so that is not God. But when it comes to the vision we have for our marriage and for our future, a lot of times we settle for the wrong things because we don't see a picture worth looking at. And so if you'll let God paint that vision of what your marriage could be, of what your future could be, of what your 
purpose could be and let him show it to you from his perspective. It will be so beautiful and so big and so rewarding and so inspiring that when it comes to these little problems of your exes, it's not going to mean as much. It's not going to cripple you because you've got a higher perspective now. When you get a higher perspective, it expands your life and it shrinks your exes. And that's when you can truly live a life surviving your past relationships, but not just surviving, but thriving and living a life that inspires other people to do the same thing. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure to leave a rating and a review. And if you would like to hear more episodes from me, then make sure to subscribe to this podcast. Thank you so much. And remember, until next time, to write the story of your life well.